so glad you could join us for mornings at YCVC today. We want to thank you for being a part of our online family and we hope that this message encourages you, blesses you and helps you grow in your walk with Him. So let's get into the Word. Well, good morning. And so this morning, uh, though Christianity is a faith that is centred around the death and resurrection of Jesus, uh, this morning being Good Friday is a day uh, in the Christian calendar that we particularly focus uh, on the cross, the death of Jesus. Um, and so uh, we're conditioned, if we're familiar with Christian faith, to see that as a good thing. It's a Good Friday, as Dan touched on this morning. Uh, but uh, I want us to place ourselves in the minds of those who'd followed Jesus uh, throughout his ministry, who had hoped that he would be uh, the overcoming of evil through good. I want us to place ourselves in the minds of those people who were there in those moments and read again from John chapter 19, verse 30. That was part of our readings this morning. In verse 30, we're told that when he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. And so for those that were there in that moment, this looked like the apparent triumph of evil over good. The triumph of death over life. And so for those who were there in this moment, when they first heard those words, later they would see them as meaning something else. But in that first moment when he said, it is finished, they would have been experienced the overwhelming darkness of that moment. They likely would have interpreted that moment as the finishing of Jesus' attempts to restore Israel, restore God's people, restore the earth and reconcile it to God. For those who were there, this uh, would have been a moment where they would have experienced the overwhelming darkness of evil. And we, and we know that this was a moment of overwhelming darkness literally. In Luke's gospel, and Matthew and Mark also record this as well, in verse 20, in chapter 23, verse 44 to 46, it says, It was now about noon, this is speaking of the moment that Jesus was on the cross. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. For the sun stopped shining. Now, we don't know what was happening, whether there was uh, some miraculous blotting out of the sun or it was particularly cloudy we don't know the natural phenomenon that God caused in this moment but we know from an experiential place the sun stopped shining and the curtain of the temple was torn in two and Jesus called out in a loud, loud voice father into your hands I commit my spirit when he had said this he breathed his last and so this was an overwhelmingly dark moment it was overwhelmingly dark spiritually as, as all of the evil of all of history was concentrated in that moment upon Jesus. It was an overwhelmingly dark moment emotionally for the followers of Jesus as they saw their hopes snuffed out. I'm sure it was an overwhelmingly dark moment psychologically for those who love Jesus. Dark and traumatic. 
the weight of evil bearing down in this moment on this person, evil manifest upon Jesus. And so when I, compliment, uh, when I comprehend the darkness of this moment, I, I think almost of a black hole, which my understanding is that it's something so dense that its gravitational pull is so significant that even light cannot escape it. That's what this moment of Jesus on the cross looks like. A, 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 such a dense concentration of evil born upon Jesus that even light cannot escape this moment. And this is what evil in our world is like. It's the gravitational pull of evil seeks to draw everything into its darkness. We come to Good Friday this year in a world, again, ravaged by war and destruction. We live in a world of greed and selfishness, of ongoing human trafficking and slavery hidden in the shadows of dehumanizing those who seek refuge, of racism, of poverty, of suffering. We live in a world where it seems like the gravitational pull of evil will suck everything into it, like a black hole. But it's not just evil at work outside of me, but within me as well, tempting me, seeking to draw me into it. And so that's what it seems like at times for us when we look at the world, when, when we consider ourselves, it seems at times that light cannot escape the gravitational pull of evil that exists in this world. And it would have seemed like that in this moment for those who were following Jesus when he said, it is finished. It would have seemed in this moment that darkness had overcome the light. And yet, the night before this moment, Jesus sat at a table with his followers and shared a meal. And so before this moment at the cross, Jesus gave them another way to see what was about to happen. It seems that they didn't fully grasp what it meant until later on, until after his resurrection. They had their aha moment of what the time they shared around the table with Jesus before his crucifixion meant. But he gave them a way to look at his death before it even happened that was different to what it seemed. In Matthew chapter 26 and from verse 26, we're told that while they were eating, while they were at the table with Jesus, he took bread. And when he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take, eat, this is my body. And so Jesus sat at the table with simple elements of a meal and broke bread with them. And he said, take this, eat it. This is my body. symbolizing the breaking of his body that was soon to take place. And then he took the cup. And when he'd given thanks, he gave it to them saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. And so Jesus' words at this meal, his interpretation of the meal itself point towards a different understanding of the cross. His bloodshed doesn't mean the triumph of evil. 
It means the arresting, the overcoming, the forgiving of evil. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 21 and 22, the Apostle Paul reflected on what this means for us. And he said, once you were alienated from God and you were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body, which we remember through the taking of bread together. Through his death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. And so our own sin, our own shame, our own failure has been overcome at the cross. Evil within us has been arrested, has been stopped, has been consumed at the cross. We've not been pulled into the black hole, but but the evil within us, the sin within us has. And scripture proclaims not just our own personal evil, but evil itself, sin itself has been overcome at the cross. And so no matter what it may have felt like for those who were close to Jesus in that moment when he ushered the words, it is finished, it was not an ending of his mission to save the world in terms of being uh, conquered. It was an ending of his mission to save the world in, in terms of accomplishing. It is evil that is finished. It is light that has overcome the darkness. And we await the fullness of that when Jesus comes again. And so when we come to the Lord's table, when we come to celebrate and remember not just that meal that Jesus shared with his disciples, but what, it, what he pointed towards with it when he pointed towards the, the breaking of his body and the shedding of his blood on the cross. It's a looking back to that day when it seemed that evil had triumphed, but in fact... The goodness of Jesus had overcome. That Jesus has overcome the darkness. And so the Apostle Paul, when he wrote to the churches about how they should think of communion, he wrote it in 1 Corinthians 11, these words. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread... And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And so communion, the Lord's Supper, the Eucharist, whatever name we give this meal, Eucharist means thanksgiving, whatever name we give this meal, it is a remembering of the breaking of Jesus' body and the shedding of his blood and the overcoming of evil through that. But it's also a looking forward. In the next verse, we're talking about uh, communion. The Apostle Paul says, For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so we don't share in communion this morning just looking back. Even on this day where where our attention is focused more so than ever perhaps on the cross of Jesus. We don't just look back, we look forward. Because the Last Supper was in fact not the Lord's Last Supper. 
In Matthew chapter 26, verse 29, uh, we, we might not uh, think this is necessarily the most significant verse of the Last Supper, but I want to encourage us to think about that this morning. Jesus, when he shared the cup, said, I tell you, I will not drink from the fruit of the vine from now until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Yes, it was his last supper in this phase of Jesus' ministry as, as uh, uh, incarnate on earth, but it's not his last supper and it won't be our last supper. Jesus anticipates another meal in what he says here. He's not just saying, I'm going to abstain from wine until, you know, kingdom come. He's saying, I'm going to await earnestly the next time I drink this together with you. Because we look forward to the time where we'll be welcome to sit at the table with Jesus in the fullness of his kingdom. Uh, The scriptures talk about a banquet, a wedding feast, a celebration of Jesus' kingdom come fully manifest. In the new heaven and the new earth. Where there will be no more darkness, but only light. In Revelation 21, 22 and 23, just after the moment in in chapter 19, where we're we're told of this wedding banquet is the metaphor used of the lamb, this, this reuniting with Jesus at table. It says... I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is its lamp. And so we look forward to a time again where the sun will stop shining. But this time that won't be a moment of darkness. It will be a moment where the sun itself is redundant because of the overwhelming victory of the light that is Jesus. And so when we eat this symbolic meal, I'm cautious of calling it a a meal because the volume is small this morning. But when we eat this symbolic meal, and indeed in Jesus' words, whenever we eat and drink, especially together, we should remember the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. But we should, should look forward to when we get to drink and eat together again with Jesus in the fullness of his kingdom. Evil has been arrested at the cross. Light has overwhelmed the darkness. And so we're all welcome at this table. We're all welcome to fellowship with the Lord Jesus now as a remembrance of what he has done. As a looking forward to that glorious day where we will sit at the table again with him. If you think, well, I'm not worthy to participate, to to symbolically, metaphorically, literally, whatever uh, aspect, you know, I'm not worthy to sit at the table of Jesus. I want to remind you that Judas was welcomed at that table. Knowing full well what he was about to do, Jesus welcomed and embraced and broke bread with Judas. I am welcome at that table. Sinners and saints for thousands of years have been welcomed at this table. 
For we come knowing that evil exists within us, but we come knowing that Jesus has given full answer to it on the cross. We come trusting not in our own righteousness, but in his. We come looking back to the cross and looking forward to the fullness of the kingdom. We come to break bread, remembering the brokenness of his body for us. And to take up the cup, remembering that his blood has cleansed us of our sin and evil. I was waiting, just felt impressed upon me. There's something very sacred in the waiting. Um, A lot of what Paul actually has to say about uh, the Lord's Supper in Corinthians is about waiting for one another. So there's um, something very sacred in the waiting to be together as we uh, share in this meal together. And so let's participate together. The Lord on the night he was betrayed the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread and when he'd given thanks he broke it and he said this is my body which is given for you do this in remembrance of me In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Jesus, we eat this bread and we drink this cup in remembrance of you and your triumph over evil. And your bearing of our sin. your forgiveness granted at the cost of your body and blood. And so we eat and drink in remembrance of you and we proclaim your death. And we also eat and drink, Jesus, with anticipation as we look forward to your coming again when we would participate together with you in the great banquet and celebration of your kingdom come in fullness. So may we remember you and your cross and may we live with expectant anticipation of the kingdom to come. We pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. As you head back into your week, we want to encourage you to stay in His Word, stay in His love, and stay strong in your faith. 
Don't forget to keep up to date with what's happening via Facebook, Instagram, or via our website at ycbc.church. See you soon.